Uh, anyway, so um, let me just put this up on the on the whiteboard. I just want to put this up on the whiteboard. It's a brand new thing these days, the whiteboard. We've passed by the... There's, there's nine dots here, and what I want you to do, I want you to figure out while I'm talking for the next four or five hours... That's a joke. It's okay. <laughs> People... Anyway, so um, uh, if you join all the dots with four straight lines without your pen leaving the page, you have to draw the, join the dots with four straight lines without your pen leaving the page. So figure that one out while I'm talking. Amen. Just become the interim principal of Faith Bible College. Does anybody know about Faith Bible College and Welcome Bay, Tauranga? Yeah, you live there, kind of there. Yeah, yeah. Used to, yeah, sorry, yeah. Now you're hooking up with this girl, so cute. <laughs> anyway, uh, last time I looked at Ryan, he was like this, and now I'm looking like, hello. Oh. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's kind of happened uh, the last couple of months, plus uh, can't get to Europe. I don't know if you've noticed. Yeah. But... Um, isn't it wonderful that social distancing doesn't apply to God? Yes. Draw near to God and He will. He, it's not might. Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. And those testimonies do show that. Amen? Yeah. Uh, we've, and uh, as well as that, we've, so we've, we've uh, not been able to get there, but we do a few Zooms, of course, to Europe. And Europe's going really well. The, the churches that are there, the, the training center that we started in the south of Holland is still functioning really well. And uh, so that's, that's cool. We've started another network called Multiplication Network, multiplying churches that multiply churches. And Pastor Phil's asked us to speak on multiplication today. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and don't know how that's going to work, but we'll, I, I want to share some stories and then, and then some scriptures in and, and the next five hours or so. And then, uh, and so, uh, uh, also we've started a church in uh, Tauranga down at the coast. Uh, it sort of happened, I don't know how I get into these things, but anyway, uh, uh, we started a, 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 an alpha group. And all, all non-Christians have started this church. It's so cool. Uh, they don't know that you should meet on a Sunday. So we meet Thursday night with a meal and stuff. And, and we were just praying for people. And uh, in the Holy Spirit Day, we had a day together with these brand new Christians. And this, uh, this lady's just along from me. We're just, we're just open our hands, you know, and said... Just posture yourself in a, in a way that you sense that you can just uh, receive from God. He's here. Talked about the Holy Spirit. And we just prayed. Just no one laid hands on anybody. Just prayed just in the semicircle. And so uh, people were, all sorts of things were happening. But this lady said, and we said, what's happening to you? She said, oh, she said, I, she's just such a quiet Lady, she said, oh, uh, I saw Jesus. I thought, that's pretty cool. I've never seen Jesus. I said, yeah, I saw Jesus. And she tried to explain it. She said, it's just like, and, and she was talking and she's, oh, I don't know how it happened, but he's there. He's just, I just saw Jesus. How cool is that? 
draw near to him and he will draw near to you. You know, very simple. Then another lady on the other side of the room, she's saying, she's, she's crying. She's like really crying, but it was a good crying. It wasn't like a, a sad crying. It was a good crying. And she's just so happy crying. Like she's, and she's in her 50s and she hasn't been in church or anything, but we were praying for the Holy Spirit to touch people's lives and fill them with the Holy Spirit. We were praying that God would fill them, but other things happened. Isn't that annoying sometimes? <laughs> anyway, so this lady, she was crying. And said, what happened to you? She said, oh, she said, Jesus came. Jesus came and he held my right hand. I thought, how cool is that? He held my right hand. I said, really? And so what did that mean for you that he came and held your right hand? She said, oh, I know I'll never be alone again. How cool is that, you know? And she was just so excited. So she just had such a revelation just in a moment. Jesus came and held her hand. And in that moment, she just knew that she would never, ever be alone again. What Jesus can do, right? What God can do in a moment. So I wonder what God wants to do this morning in a moment. He can do it in a moment. So let's engage with God this morning. And I know you've been doing that, but let's keep engaging with him. And I wonder what he wants to say to us. And I wonder what he wants to say to you. I mean, you know, I want people to hear the other voice. That's what I pray for every day, Lord, that people would hear the other voice, the voice of the Spirit, the voice of God touching their hearts and lives. And he can do that very easily and very quickly, just like that. Amen. And so, before we move on, I want to tell a wee story about a little old lady who answered the knock on the door one day to be confronted by a well-dressed young man called Ryan, carrying a vacuum cleaner. This has nothing to do with the message. All right, just, 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 we're just doing a sidebar right here. Is that all right? Good morning, said the young man, very polite young man. If I could take a couple of minutes of your time, I'd like to demonstrate the very latest and high-powered vacuum cleaners. <laughs> Go away, said the old lady, I'm broke, <laughs> I don't have any money. And she proceeded to close the door, but quick as a flash, this young man called Ryan wedged his foot in the door and pushed it wide open. Don't be too hasty, he said. Not until at least you have seen my demonstration. With that, he emptied a bucket of horse manure onto her hallway carpet. Now, if this vacuum cleaner does not remove all traces of this horse manure from your carpet, madam, I will personally eat the remainder. <laughs> the old lady stepped back and said, Well, let me get you a fork because they cut off my power this morning. <laughs> Just thought I'd slip that in there. Amen. I, I, I do think, I've got some books over there for, for sale. I write books because I want to give resources out. These are free. That's the first miracle 
that you get today, well, it's probably the second or third, but a Dutchman giving away free stuff, amen, uh, daily medicine, all the healing scriptures and supernatural language, baptism in the Holy Spirit, speaking in other tongues, I think it's such a, uh, a, a it's, it's kind of not highlighted these days as it, as it could be, I think, and so I just put those there and, and they are absolutely free, isn't that good, amen, so I just want to sow some seed today. And uh, so I don't know if you've worked out this, this dot thing, you know, because we do need to think differently. So we need to draw with four lines. Does anybody have this yet? Does anybody know, know this? You do? You do? Okay, come up and give it a go. Come up and give it a go. I've got a pen here. Uh, or let me just, actually, just let me see if it's, uh, if it's the, yeah. Oh, check your work. That's, that's the one there, yeah. You did it. Okay, good on you. So I'll, I'll get you to do it, actually. There you go. Just join all those dots. So one, two, three, four. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Now you saw what happened, didn't you? You saw what happened with that thing. Because we, we try to, what, we, what often happens when I put this up is that people are thinking inside yeah. this box. But to do what, we, what she did, what's your name, sorry? Mikan? To do what Mikan did, we had to go outside the box. And we have to think outside the box, I think, when we think of church and when we think of multiplication 2,000 years ago, there were seven churches that were recorded in what is now modern-day Turkey. Those churches, those seven churches that are mentioned mentioned in Revelation. And one of the reasons we are here today is because they planted churches. That planted churches, that planted churches. In fact, Turkey is less than 1% Christian today. Imagine if they hadn't planted churches. In fact, every church that you've, you've ever thought of, heard about, attended, has been planted by somebody or some group of people. And so we're talking a little bit about multiplication. I'm linking it to church planting, but we can, we can spread that out and move out of the boxes as, as well. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Waldetians. The Valdicians in uh, Italy. It's an amazing story. I was able to... Anybody ever heard of the Valdicians? Uh, in, the, in the north of Italy, I, was, I happened to be there a number of years ago. And my host took, took me to the Bible school where the Valdicians were. Just a concrete block building or actually stones. It was stones that were built on one another. Uh, and he told me this true story. In 1170... Valdo, who was a merchant from Lyon, was converted. He felt he had to preach the gospel, and he, was, uh, he wanted to teach the word. He sold all he had and worked as an itinerant preacher, and his dream was to bring the church of his day to what it was doing during the time of the apostles. Now, the Roman Catholic Church excommunicated him because he was preaching and teaching, and he wasn't a priest, naughty man. He continued to preach and form small communities which were forced to go underground because of the Romans. And he also personally financed the translation of the Bible into French. 
at that stage. And because of opposition, Christians or, or Volo's converts fled to North Italy to what is now known as the Waldetian Valleys. And uh, the Bible school started. Now remember, this is before the Reformation. Before the Reformation. And there the students were trained for three years and then for another year for the purpose of spiritual maturity. Interesting. They had one text. Can anybody guess what that was? 21 laws of leadership? No, sorry, what was that? They had one text. Yeah, they had, well, one major text. <laughs> the Bible. That's all they had. That's all they had. Imagine just have nothing but the Bible. My goodness. And the students were sent out in twos, knowing that if they didn't die from natural causes, they would certainly be persecuted or they would be martyred. And most villages in the north of Italy can trace their Christian heritage back to the Waldetians. In fact, the Waldetian communities are in most parts of Italy today. What an amazing heritage. And it began with one person who is uncompromisingly sold out to Christ. So I wonder what could happen in this place. I don't know if you've heard of Iran at the moment. Uh, in 1979, there were 500 Christians. They estimated somewhere around 500 Christians. Now there are nearly a million. It's under persecution, nearly a million Christians. And there's just a flood of the Spirit of God moving in that community. And, and churches are just multiplying like crazy. They don't have any buildings. Same with the Valdicians. They didn't have any buildings. They didn't have huge attendance numbers. And they didn't have any cash. But churches are just multiplying every, everywhere. In 100 AD, I'll just put this up. In 100 AD, there were Something like 25,000 Christians worldwide. 310 AD. There's now, or there was then, 20 million. How did that happen? Cash wasn't there, didn't have the buildings. Didn't have huge attendance numbers in these things, yet Christians were just multiplying. They were, they were under persecution. They didn't have a lot of resources. The Bible was still being formed, as it were. Finances were scarce. Moving along, and between 1850 and 19, uh, 1905, 1850-1905, 55-year period, the Methodists planted an average of 700 churches every year. Wow. Methodists. I was brought up in the Methodist church. Anybody else? Yeah. 700. Like 700 churches a year. They met under trees. They met in barns. They met in homes. 
They were planting one to two churches a day. In fact, they wrote a song about it. Uh, it was in 1881. C.C. McCabe sat on a train towards the Pacific Northwest of the United States. He was in charge of fundraising. He was in charge of starting churches. In McCabe's morning newspaper featured a speech by Robert Ingersoll, a famous agnostic philosopher, who in a convention of Free Thinkers Association, Ingersoll's speech declared, the churches are dying out all over the earth. They are struck with death. Train stopped in the next town. McCabe sent a telegram to Ingersoll, who was still at the convention. He said, Dear Robert, oh, hail the power of Jesus' name. <laughs> we are building more than one Methodist church for every day in the year and propose to make it two a day. C.C. McCabe. Now, word of the telegram leaked out. So they put a, in true style, they, they, in true Methodist tradition, they, they put a song out, and it was sung in, in preaching missions, camp meetings, Sunday services. These are the words. The infidel, I'm not going to sing it to you. The infidels of Motley Band and Council met and said, the churches are dying across the land, and soon they'll all be dead. Then suddenly a message came and struck them with dismay. Oh, hail the power of Jesus' name. We're building to a day. We're building to a day, dear Bob. We're building to a day. Oh, hail the power of Jesus' name. We're building to a day. Amen. Wow. It's amazing, isn't it? <clears throat> what God can do when the resources were less then than they are now. And so then we think of China. Now, China's an interesting place. Two, there are two million... Uh, in 1979, let me just put it, uh, sorry, in, in 19, 1940s, I'd say Tung took over, there were, they reckon there were about 2 million, best estimates, this is recorded, 2 million Christians in China and, uh, uh, in, in Mao Zedong's day. Now, 70 plus years later, there's 120 Million. 120 million. Now, how do they do that? That's my question. How did they multiply like this? Like crazy. They, 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 they're not huge. The churches can't be because they'd be persecuted. Uh, didn't have a lot of money. In fact, sometimes they didn't even have the Bible as we know it. They have a page or half a page that they would share with one another in meetings. Uh, so uh, I think with that, those thoughts, I believe God wants us to multiply. So let's just turn to what Jesus says, because I think that's always quite nice to hear what Jesus says. Amen? So let's have a look. Kathy agrees, so we're on the right page. Uh, Luke chapter 5, and you know the story, I'm sure, so well, but let's read it together. One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, large crowds pressed in, great crowds pressed in to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping to one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, push out from the water. So he, he sat in the boat, taught the crowds from there. 
When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now, what I want you to do is I want you to go out where it's deeper. This is in the middle of the day or sometime during the day. And let down your nets. Everybody say nets. To catch some fish. And Master Simon replied, because he's a fisherman, right? He's growing up with this fishing deal. His family were fishermen, and he's a fisherman. And now he, he said, we've worked hard all night. And we didn't, we, they've worked hard all night. Just listened to a whole bunch of preaching, and now it's time to go home. But we didn't, and we didn't catch a thing. But if you say so. So I'll let down the nets again. And this time the nets were so full of fish, the nets began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners from the other boat, and soon other boats were filled with fish on the verge of sinking. Then Simon Peter realized what had happened. He fell to his knees before Jesus, and he said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. Because he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught as they were as, as were the others with him, his partners, James, John, sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. And Jesus gives this statement, and I never saw it till a little while ago, the background of this statement, and the statement we know so well. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid, from now on, you'll be fishing for people. How many have heard that statement? Amen? How many have read that somewhere? So there's, the, there's a whole background. And, and there's this whole backdrop where he's, he's saying, now, from now on, with that backdrop, from now on, you're going to be catching, you're going to be fishing for people. And what he's saying is, what I believe he's saying, and what you can get out of the scripture, he's saying, don't use a hook and a line. Because even if they had caught five or 10 or 15 fish, that would have been a miracle at that time of day, right? But Jesus doesn't do that. He doesn't allow that to happen. He says, go out and get your nets, plural. Get a whole bunch, get your nets and put your, put your nets down into the deep in a crazy time of the day. And, I, and so he fills the nets, right? So they nearly begin to tear and he has to call the friends over to help them to get all these fish in. And, and, and uh, it was, it was just, just so many that they were on the verge of sinking, these boats. And with that backdrop, Jesus comes along and he says, don't be afraid. From now on, you're going to be fishing for people. In other words, you're going to be fishing for people just like that. Yeah. Get the nets out. Multiplication. It's all through the Bible, this multiplication thing. Um, in Genesis, we can, we, we can read it so beautifully. God blessed them. In Genesis 1.28, God blessed them and he said to them, be fruitful and what? So he blessed them. Who's here and knows something of the blessing of God? Amen. So God blessed them, and he said to them, be fruitful. Be fruitful and multiply. And he goes on, he says, 
in, in, seven, in chapter 17 of Genesis. No longer will you be called Abraham, but I'm going to call you Abraham. Abraham means father of a nation. Now I'm going to call you Abraham, which is the father of nations. Yeah. I mean, father of a nation is pretty cool. Yeah? yeah? But he doesn't stop there. He says, yeah, I'm going to call you father of nations. I'm changing your name. So every time somebody, somebody comes to you and calls you Abraham, you'll remember. And that was a... Names meant something during that time in that culture. And he would have, father of, nation, father of nations, how's that going to happen? Because he was getting older. He says, I'm going to make you, he says, I'm going to make you very fruitful. I'm going to make nations of you, so on and so forth. And then he carries on in chapter 22, I'll bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. And, on, and as numerous as the sand on the seashore. Have you ever put sand between your fingers and let it just slip through your fingers? That's how many descendants you're going to have, Abraham. And then in Deuteronomy chapter 1, it's like, the Lord your God has multiplied you. And Moses is explaining the story of God. And he says, the Lord your God has multiplied you. And here you are today as the stars of heaven in multitude, which is pretty cool. And I think the, the verse could just stop there. It could, it, th that could complete the thought. But it doesn't. doesn't complete the thought at all. And he goes on and he says, May the Lord God of your fathers make you a thousand times more numerous than you are and bless you as he has promised you. Whoa. It's like, I wonder if sometimes we feel like we're addicted to addition in our lives. We're just going to add on, we're going to add on. But I think what God's saying to us, He wants you to multiply. Multiply in family, multiply in business, multiply in church, multiply spiritually, multiply sons and daughters for Christ. Amen. He wants you to multiply. I mean, Mark picks it up. It's like God doesn't want to add. He wants to multiply. Mark picks it up. Seed sown in good soil. Hear the word except to produce a crop of 30, 60, even 100 times. I think, well, it's always annoyed me, that scripture. I don't know if it's annoyed you, but it's annoyed me. I think, why did he start with 30? The lowest is 30 times. It's always challenged me. Why couldn't he just say three or four times? But he doesn't. 30, 60, or even 100 times what was sown. I just want to sow some seed this morning. Just sow some seed. Mark 10. Jesus replied, No one has left home, brothers, sisters, mother, father, children, will fail to receive 100 times as much in this present age. Matthew 13, it talks about seed. Still seeds fell on fertile soil and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, even 100 times as much. Hebrew, uh, sorry, Matthew 13, 31 to 33. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in the field. It's the smallest of all seeds. You've heard that before, right? 
smallest of all seeds, but it comes the largest of garden plants. It grows into a tree. Birds make the nests in its branches. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she put only a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. Notice it says little yeast, and notice it says smallest seed becomes the largest. I wonder if the new big is small. Small things multiply more easily. And we could go on and on and on about that. We can count the apples on an apple tree. But I think it's difficult to count the seeds in an apple tree. And may I suggest that the true fruit of an apple tree is not a, another apple, but another apple tree. Very good. In fact, there's a whole orchard yes, in an apple. I mean, nature just proves multiplication, just like. You've heard about Johnny Appleseed. He just planted seeds. True story around America. Just walked and planted seeds. Bit of an eccentric. In every apple there's an orchard. The inventor of chess uh, was given a free wish by the, by the king of India as a reward and as a modest reward, he wished just for one grain on a square of a chessboard. And then the next uh, square would have double that grain. So you, instead of one grain, it would be how many? Two, and then four, and then eight, and then 16. And, and the king uh, thought, well... Uh, I think I've got off really light with this. And uh, he couldn't grant the wish. Why? Because he'd have to produce 153 billion tons of rice, more than the world harvest for the next thousand years. More than the world's harvest for the next thousand years. That's multiplication. So... Maybe you're destined to multiply. We need to think out of the box a little bit to do that. I think the virus has helped many people to think a little differently about work, uh, about church. Yeah? So, I was over in England and I met a firstly in America, but then in England, uh, where I met Ying Kai, uh, and uh, was able to talk with him. He, he, very inspiring person. Uh, and Ying Kai had uh, no finances. He wasn't, semin they didn't have seminary trained leaders they had no buildings, actually had no control, but he was releasing people. And 
they started something right, and he's very articulate with his counting. And uh, he, hundred over a hundred and fifty, uh, over a hundred. What was it? Hang on, I'll just get this right. He's seen over two million people water baptized, and a hundred and fifty thousand churches planted. And uh, I was able to talk with him. He's just a very humble man. And he realized the nations wouldn't be reached if we were just relying on addition. And then I went to, from that uh, seminar, I went to another seminar, and it talked about, it just made the huge contrast. Uh, Western leaders talking about church planning and their building, that's what I'm interested in, so I was there and and talked about their building, huge financial commitment for the church plant. They at least paid two staff and very qualified lead pastor, plus equipment, music, host teams. And I applaud them for planting the church, but I think it's very difficult for that kind of model to multiply. In contrast to Ying Kai, who had no money, no buildings, no seminary trained leaders, and the thing just multiplied. Wow. I wonder how, I wonder what God wants to do with you as far as multiplication is concerned. I'm just trying to sow some seed. Think a little bit out of the box. Maybe in family, maybe in spiritual life, maybe in business, how that works. Elephants, they're only fertile four times a year, have one baby per pregnancy, a 22-month gestation period, maximum growth potential in three years, two to three. Rabbits, almost continuously fertile, average of seven babies per pregnancy, one month gestation period, maximum growth potential in three years, two to 476 million. <laughs> That's multiplication right there. See, nature just, nature just shows that in so many ways. So many ways. And so, maybe we need some more rabbits. Maybe we need some more rabbit churches. I'm not actually talking about actual rabbits. We need to perhaps shoot them. No, we shouldn't. Shoot them. And so, in, in Galatians, it talks that we are heirs of Abraham, right? You have the same DNA as Abraham. You know Christ as Lord and Savior. You have the same DNA as Abraham. So in you, there's something in you, in your DNA, called multiplication, I believe, in every person. So how's that going to be outworked? And it's not that you do this by yourself. It's that you partner with others and work it together. Amen. And I just want to just sow some seed to just say, well, maybe we need to think a little differently.
out of the box. And so, let me finish with Matthew 28. I'm sure you know the scripture. It's, it's one of my favorites, along with all the others. Amen. Matthew 28, 19, 20. It was in here this morning. I'll find it again. Just make sure I get it perfect. Oh, for goodness sake, Nick. Amen. Here it is. Matthew 28. <laughs> Jesus came and told his disciples... I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations. See, I, I just, it just fascinates me, this verse, these verses. It's so profoundly clear. There's no ambiguity to this. I've been given authority in heaven and on earth. So in other words, go, go with my name, go and make disciples of, it doesn't say maybe, it says go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I have given to you. It's so clear. The whole discipleship process is right in those verses. We could get into the whole subject of discipleship. I mean, there's so many books, there's so many seminars on discipleship, and yet Jesus makes it very clear. These are new, these new teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. What has God showed you? What has God given you? Pass it on, pass it away. That's multiplication right there. He's taught you some things about prayer. He's taught you some things about church. He's taught you some things about perhaps business or finances or spiritual life or whatever or family, husband, wife, whatever. Pass that on, amen, to others. Teach them to obey all the commands and all the things that I have given to you and be sure of this. I'm with you always, even to the very end of the age. How clear could this be? And yet we don't do it. Maybe that's why we don't have a lot of multiplication going sometimes. Amen? Go make disciples of all the nations. Very simple. He's so clear, this Jesus. Yeah. Profoundly clear. Uncomplicated is this Jesus. Acts 1.8 says it all too, you know. Acts 1.8, but you will, you shall, it's a legal term actually, you shall receive what? You shall receive power. And I think sometimes myself, years ago, and also I hear other Christians say, oh, I hope I receive the power of God. I hope I can minister in the power of God. And yet God says it so clearly. But you, it's not doesn't say you might, it doesn't say you may be, it says you will, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. 
All we need to do, friends, is take some time, and we heard that in the testimonies, just take some time and allow the Holy Spirit to come upon us. Hello? I wonder what He wants to say to us. I wonder what He wants to do in our lives. I wonder what things that we need to just sort of take hold of in the area of forgiveness or whatever it is that we need to be changed. We're all a little broken in some way. <laughs> Allow God to fill the cracks, amen. Yeah. We're all a little broken in some ways. So just allow the Holy Spirit. He knows this, see? And so he just, he just says, just, but you will. You, it's not maybe, might, if. You will receive power. You will receive something from me when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Yeah. And because of that change, because of that, that uh, profound change, you'll be able to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the other most part of the world. Yeah. That's multiplication right there. Yeah. He has it right through the, the Word of God. Amen. Just multiply in different ways. So, Lord, we just thank you for today. We honor you. We praise you. We thank you for who you are and what you're doing in our lives and what you're doing in the life of this church. I wonder what you want to do yet. So many things, good things have happened in the past, but Lord, we know that so many good things you want to take place and you want to show for the future, and you've shown some of those things for the future. And we just thank you, Lord, that you give us these scriptures, not to tease us, but you give us these scriptures so they can be fulfilled, and you want us to be your hands and your feet. You want us to be your mouthpiece. You want us to see these scriptures fulfilled, not just know them or know about them, but to experience them. To feel them keenly. So we thank you. Thank you that you want to partner with us. To see these things take place. Thank you, Jesus. If God has kind of whispered something to you. Or said something to you. I just wonder if you just raise your hand in acknowledgement of that before him. Just raise your hand where you are. Just say, yeah, I just, I've been challenged. I've been touched this morning. Just raise your hand where you are. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are and what you're doing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your presence here. Thank you for your touch. Well, we thank you that you forgive all our sins, not some of them, but you forgive all of them. You're very clear with this. Psalm 103, verse 3. You forgive all our sins and you heal all our diseases. Same verse. So right now, Lord, we... Just ask you, I'd like you to put your hand on the part of the body that if you have a need of healing, I'd like you to just put it on your part of the body. If you need a, 
overhaul, just put it on your heart or somewhere in the center of your body to say. And we're just going to declare your healing power. So, Father, we just thank you for your healing power invading our lives right now. Holy Spirit, you're here. Holy Spirit, you're the one who draws near. As we draw near to you, you do draw near to us. Your word tells us. So we accept it. Receive your word. And we declare your healing power, Lord, over every person right now in the name of Jesus. Over every condition, every disease, every virus, but also every, every part of the body that is being touched right now. You're the one who walks up and down these aisles. You're the one who's here. And we speak the name of Jesus to those conditions. Whether it's a, a, a headache, whether it's a heart issue, whether it's some other issue, we declare your healing power right now in Jesus' name. We speak life and health and healing. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your healing power. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're with us. And we engage with you right now. And we take hold of your words. And we take hold of your plans. And your plan is healing as well. As it is forgiveness of sin. As it is healing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your purposes and plans. And Lord, throughout the day, may every person in this room may them they know your presence but may healing come to their bodies in jesus name thank you lord thank you father let's all stand shall we thank you lord